Hello and welcome to the Browns Blitz. Today's Tuesday, September 27th. This is episode number 166. I'm your host, Rod Bloom. Joining me today is my brother, Jeff. Hey, Jeff, how are things going? Hey, Rod, they're going good. Um, I had a lot better day than Miles Garrett did. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll talk, not that, not that everybody hasn't kind of kicked the, uh, Miles Garrett accident all around Twitter and everything else, but, um, we'll, we'll definitely touch on that, but glad he's doing all right. Um, yep. yeah, definitely. Um, joining us today, our guest is, is Brian Matthews. Um, you can find Brian at the underscore B Matt. Brian, how are things going? Hey guys, things are going well. Browns, Browns victorious this past weekend. Got to watch the uh, the taste of the Jets game out of my mouth. So, all things considered, I'm I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, and um, people can find you. Um, you know, I, I think I'm just going to let you introduce this because I know you do your show is the Huddle, and and I know it's on YouTube. But can people find that other places? And sure. you're through, you're through Odds Checker US, which is at Odds Checker US. So I want to let you get anything else out there um, that you that you want to talk about. No, no, I appreciate that. the uh, The show is available at uh, you can find it on YouTube, Odds Checker US channel, or Twitter, as you mentioned. Uh, but uh, it shoots every week. Myself, Pat Mayo. Uh, we've got a good cast, Pam Maldonado, Ross Tucker. So, uh, you know, just just talking games, teasers and pleasers and kind of having fun with the, uh, you know, the weekend football. Uh, yeah, yeah, you got a, an excellent cast there. So, so yeah, everybody should definitely check that out. And you guys just started that up um, this season. So um, I don't know if everybody's heard about it yet, but um, if not, definitely, definitely check it out. So, um, so yeah, Brian, it's uh, really cool to be talking to you. Um, been looking forward to this so uh so um we're gonna start off where we usually start off when we have a guest on for the first time and that is by letting the guest talk about their browns fandom because everybody has a unique story and your story is more unique than most anybody else's so um i'm just gonna turn it over to you and, and let you let you talk about your browns fandom Okay. Now, when you say it's more unique than anyone else, I, I mentioned this, you know, before we started rolling, I, I was kind of forced into this, right? I didn't have a choice, but uh, no, as, as far as my, uh, you know, Browns fandom, you know, it started early. Um, you know, the kind of the first memories of football that I have were running around the old practice facility at Baldwin Wallace. Um, you know, my, I'd have a, a bag of pretzel rods in one arm, you know, and, and we'd be allowed to run around and kind of just, you know, be crazy kids uh so that was you know those are our first memories you know going to go to practice there and you know you, when you're young you you want to be like your dad you know he's kind of a superhero and you know he happened to play for the cleveland browns so that that kind of set us in so you know just you know growing up i mean it was you know football in the matthews household football reigned supreme i don't know you know if, if that's obvious you know or not but I mean, love the Browns. You know, I've got two twin boys now that just turned five. They uh, they're already Browns fans, and so uh, you know, for good or for worse, it's a it's a family affair here. Yeah, um, and let's go back just a minute because I I don't know the order of of ages of the siblings. So, sure. Um, so how old were, how old were you uh, you and um, Clay, when you're running around on the out on the practice field, so that would have been um, so. Clay's 13 months younger than I am, so we'll, we'll we'll call it a year for you know just the kind of ease. Uh, we would have been you know all the way up till probably eight or nine or no probably seven seven years old. Clay would have been six, um, you know, running around the practice field and then had you know a few years in Atlanta. But um, yeah, I just you know that that's kind of all we knew, you know, and it was just you know our dad got the off day you know we'd spend that day with him it was you know we, we'd occasionally watch film with him and it was just kind of you know you just wanted to be around him and he was uh yeah when he was around so we all kind of adopted it and that's you know I guess that's kind of how that whole thing it kept rolling and it was natural for you guys to be around all the other players that we all idolized too at the same time 
There were, yeah, there were honestly a lot of good guys. And I still, you know, to the, to this day. So I still see, you know, uh, uh, Dick Ambrose, Dan Fike, um, Puzz, you know, Pizzuli, um, you know, and, and many more than I, you know, I'm forgetting just right off the top that I've seen in the last, you know, six, seven months that, you know, great guys still live out here, you know, that I've, I've been fortunate to stay in touch with, you know, I was texting with that uh, with Bernie the other day. And so, you know, it really is a, you know, a great group of guys that, you know, when I got to see my dad back around with them, you know, you got to see that it was more than just a good team. I mean, those guys genuinely, you know, they, they love each other. Yeah. And, you know, that, that comes through just anytime you see these guys get together. I mean, we see pictures like on Twitter and that of the get together. So, you know, most of us don't get to be a part of those those like groups or anything but you can see how much they care about each other and how cool it is for them to get back together and uh, you know um, I think that just shows you what was there back in the day you know the fact that they that they want to get together and you know just how much um, it just just how much it shows in the photos taken now yeah and I mean it's funny my dad the thing he you know when he came back and you know was was inducted into the ring honor he was asked you know what 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 was it that he missed the most and he's like the guys in the locker room you know it wasn't you know this play or you know this game it was you know that kind of uh you know that camaraderie in that bond so that kind of speaks to what you're saying yeah definitely well we're going to talk a little bit about your dad um Uh a little bit later okay okay we'll save that Um, (laughs) let's let's talk about some uh a little bit of Browns news, and then we'll then we got a couple of games to talk about. The you know the one the Browns played on Thursday night, and then they've they've got another game, um, obviously coming up on Sunday. So um, I, I guess the main news right now is is the Miles Garrett car accident because it's you know it's what happened and what everybody's talking about. So um, the main thing there is is Miles is uh, you know okay. He was. Uh, smart and that he and his passenger were both wearing their seat belts and you know what looked to be a you know a pretty severe accident um didn't yield any life-threatening injuries uh to, to either one of them so so um very thankful for that but miles has a um let's see a, a sprained shoulder and a strained bicep but he's still looking to play on on sunday which when this first comes out, you know, you don't even want to be thinking about the football aspect of it. But once you hear he's, you know, that he walked, walked away from it and things like this, and you start wondering, well, you know, when's he going to play? Um, you know, once you hear everybody's fine. Because I don't think Miles is really worried about the car any more than the rest of us are. You're worried about the people. So, um, so there's a chance he's even going to play this, this Sunday. So, um, so, yeah. So Jeff, you've been listening. Um, any other thoughts on on this? I mean, a lot of there have been some really crappy things said on Twitter and that just people trying to tie this to to football and everything else, where it has nothing to do with anything else. Um, right. Any any thoughts on this whatsoever? Yeah, you know, just speaking as someone who's been in that kind of a serious accident more than once. Um, you don't always feel the, the effects until the next day or a couple days down the road. So I wouldn't put a whole lot of stock. I mean, I know he's a big, strong guy and top physical condition and everything, but, but man, that, that seatbelt hurt. Uh, so a couple of days to, to let the dust settle a little bit before we start talking about, you know, when he's going to be playing football again. Um, and again, just, you know, just be happy that there weren't any, you know, serious injuries or, or worse as a result of this, because accidents happen, you know, it's just, that's just the reality of life. And, you know, you're, you're that close to, to, to something really serious happening at any point when you're out running around on the road. So, um, and just, just be thankful that he's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Brian, would you like to add anything? Yeah, no, I, I I think with, yeah, first and foremost, you know, the, the first thought is, you know, how bad is it? You know, is it, you know, something that, uh, you know, that, that deserves or kind of warrants further, um, you know, interest as far as, you know, okay, is this something very serious? But when you found out it wasn't, 
you know, it, it, okay, you know, I, I get, I, I'm agreeing with Jeffrey. The fact that, like, what Miles says and what the doctors say, they're not always going to be the same thing. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sure in his mind. Look, I'm going out and playing 110 percent, right? Like this, this is the last thing I want to think about. You know, but he's got to get through medical. So I, I think, you know, again, it's like when players say, "Hey, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm going to be back fully." You know, it takes takes a little longer. It's it's kind of the players speak. Um, yeah, they want to be on the field, but uh, they they he will have to make it through. And and I'm kind of interested to see how this goes because obviously Miles, if he isn't on the field, that's uh that's a huge hole to fill. No doubt. Yeah, yeah, and there's and there's already some other holes which will kind of I guess um, kind of goes more with the Falcons game because we're going to go back to the Steelers game here, but um, you know with Anthony Anthony Walker um, being gone for the season, and guys, I I don't know about you, but just when I heard the term torn quad, that just yeah. hurts. Um, I don't know if I've ever yep. heard anybody have a torn quad before. I can't imagine the pain with that. And I know there are other serious injuries, but um, I'm just knowing the way these guys are built and that's a, a pretty big muscle to tear. So uh, I strained my quad when I was playing baseball and let me tell you, it hurts for a long time. Yeah. 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 If he, if he tore it, he's going to need surgery and that's, that's tough. You know, and you saw, yeah. you know, not only that, and you see, you know, Jeremiah Usu Koromoa go down, who's, you know, easily one of my favorite Browns defenders, just the, right. the, the speed at which he plays. So those are some big losses. I mean, I really am interested to see how long are these guys out? You know, Miles is obviously short-term, right? We, mm-hmm. we still don't know, you know, is he going to play this week? Sounds like he could, but again, he's got, he's got to pass through some things. So, but if you're, if you're down, you know, you know, Walker, and now we're talking a few guys here, you know, that, 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 you know, that, that becomes tough. Yeah, especially on the defense side of the ball, the injuries are starting to pile up. Yeah, and I think the only thing that could kind of offset that this weekend is, look, you, you really got to feed the ball to Nick Chubb. Not that we haven't, but you're going up against the Falcons defense that really, you know, it gives up a ton on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think that, you know, if you can if you can truly run the ball, you know, and establish it like we have with Chubb and, and you know, sprinkling Hunt there, you here and there you know, control the clock and, you know, hopefully keep your defense off the field too much. But th- those are guys that you can't replace. It'll have to be a collective effort, you know, and guys stepping up and making plays. Right. Yeah, because it, it sounds like they're not sure. I don't – unless something came out recently, I don't know if they know about Clowney, um, Taven Bryan, these guys yet either. So, yeah, um, yeah it could be – A lot of questions. It could yeah. be a, a very interesting game from the defensive side as far as what personnel they have available to them. So, right. um, but yeah, let's go all the way back to the Steelers game. And it seems, feels like a long time ago. And I guess it's been, what, four or five, five days ago now. So, but anytime the Browns beat the Steelers on national television, guys, <laughs> it's fun and it's a big deal. So, um, yeah. regardless of who's playing quarterback for the Steelers or, or how the win happens or anything like that. So, so, uh, um, Brian, I'll I'll let you go first on this one. And what were your takeaways from that game? So, first and foremost, Jacoby Brissett was the biggest takeaway. So, I think everybody at the beginning of the year, right, we talked about Jacoby Brissett and, okay, he might be a liability. I think he's proved to be the exact opposite. You know? I mean, I loved, you know, I, I think my first takeaway, Jacoby Brissett just looked in command of the offense. You know, and heading into the game, there were talks of 20 to 30 mile an hour wind, you know, so you, you know, you know, the Browns are going to be able to run the ball. I mean, they've, they've, you know, you got Jack Conklin back. That's, that's a huge addition, you know, to, you know, you've already got Wyatt Teller and Joel Batonio and a great offensive line, Um, you know, so you're able to run the ball, but when he's able to make those quick reads, you know, to, to David Njoku, uh, you know, and he's obviously on the same page with Amari Cooper, him being the first Browns receiver to have back-to-back 100-yard games. And I, I can't even remember how many years it's been. Um, I think since it, Josh Gordon, but yeah, it's been a long Yeah, that's a long time, exactly long right. Time. Exactly. So when you can play, when he can play mistake-free football, you know, and, and find the guys that are open when you can run the ball as well, I mean, it's a, a really tough proposition to stop. And when your defense, like we saw with the Steelers, I mean, you know, when you're out there that long, it's, it, Nick Chubb will wear you down. It's, it's just bound to happen. You know, and it's mm-hmm. he's, he's doing it all game. You know, it's just when it shows most. This is you know, obviously later. Um, but 
number two, David Njoku, you know, kind of the emergence, like where was he week one and two, you know, he, he had the huge extension, you know, and then we all were expecting so much from him and we got to see, you know, a great game. You know, I mean, he's, I, I was waiting for this to happen because Brissett, you know, typically targets his tight ends at a pretty high rate. So I thought, you know, this, this would, this would line up earlier than it did, but uh you know, I really was impressed with Najoku. I mean, he made some tough catches too, not just the the easy ones, which you know we we all want to see. And uh, you know, just the actually the defense. And, and look, I know it's Mitch Trubisky, right? And I get it. That offense wasn't, you know, they're they're not, um, you know, burning up the scoreboard. But hey, look, that's a tough game. You're coming off a loss that is absolutely demoralizing. You know, it, it really is. It's not an easy one to bounce back from. But I like what I saw from the group. And they came together to, uh, you know, string, you know, string together a victory in, in, in kind of, a, you know, a circumstance where you're, you're thinking, OK, we're down four guys. You know, how are we going to pull this out? Yeah, yeah. Excellent points. Um, Jeff, anything you want to add to that? Yeah, I thought our defense did a, a really good job of shutting down the Pittsburgh running game early and forcing yeah. Mitch Trubisky to throw, which, mm-hmm. you know, they don't want to do. Um and then, you know, it, it showed in the second half. I think our defense played really well in the second half and only gave up three points. Um, and, yeah, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll eat my share of crow. Um, I've been really hard on David Njoku. Um, he finally had the kind of game that everybody's been looking for. And, you know, great. I mean, super happy to see it. Um, I hope it continues. Um, and then on the uh, Jacoby Brissett, yeah, I mean, he's got a command of the offense right now. Um, and you really don't hear anybody pining for Jimmy G, do you? No, <laughs> no, no, looks no. good. No, there's more talk about what happens, you know, when uh, Deshaun Watson comes back, even though that's silly talk. But yeah, um, D- David Njoku, guys, and Jeff, you and I, I think, texted about this, but. The, the most impressive uh, catch he had was that ninth reception, which is the one where he plowed forward through two guys and picked up that first down, mm-hmm. it, which was his final catch. And um, the nine catches is a career high. I think seven was his uh, was was his previous high. And it's just um, stuff we haven't seen him do before. And, and right. that's what you kind of what you expect. That, that's taking a step which is kind of what you expected with him signing this extension, because, you know, we did, we hammered him a bit in the off season. Um, you know, it's like, well, if they're going to sign him to this, he needs to, he needs to get better because he, you know, I don't think he's top 600 yards in receiving um, in, in any year. And, you know, and this is your six for him. So, um, so this is exactly what we wanted to see. And we, yeah. we know he can block. But you don't sign an extension like that because you're a good blocker. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And I'm then that. I'm hoping this is one of those games for Najoku where, you know, where you, you know, where you see a guy and he has that game where you start to say, hey, that was the game where everything kind of clicked. You know, that's, right. that's kind of where yeah. we started to see it. That, that's what I'm hoping to see. Like you guys said, the Browns saw something in him um, to say, look, he's, he's worth this extension. I think a lot of us at the time sat there and said, have we seen enough for that? You know, but look, I mean, if he can show half of what he did, you know, on Thursday, you know, game in and game out. I mean, he looked, uh-huh. I mean, that's just a dynamic playmaker that no, not many teams can say they have at the tight end position. You know, and that's uh-huh. really, that's just another element, right? You know, you've got, you know, Amari Cooper, you've got, you know, Donovan Peoples-Jones, more of the sure-handed guy. You know, Schwartz comes in on, on more, you know, trick plays where they try to utilize his speed, but um yeah, just just looking at that, you know, I, I hope this is the game where we look back and say, yeah, that that was the game that that you know propelled Najoku to that next level as a tight end. Well, and you know, we're, we're we've been talking for a while, Rod, about you know, eventually this when this offense opens up, you know, when DW comes back and it becomes more of a vertical passing offense type, you know, type of offense. Um, but you know, this is the bread and butter stuff that they can always go back to. You know, I mean, you can run Nick Chubb, you can you know use the tight ends, um, and and you know, doing that at a high level of proficiency now, you know, can only help us long term. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah guys, I, I was looking at some of the stats, and this is kind of jumping ahead because I put, kind of pulled this for the for the Falcons game. But, you know, the Browns are, are number one in the league in time of possession. Um, I, you know, they're over 35 minutes in time of possession. They're, they're mm-hmm. first in the league in rushing yards per game. Mm-hmm. Um, they are uh, fourth in the league in in uh, in defense as far as plays allowed per game. Um, Brian, how how much should they change this offense when Deshaun Watson comes back? Look, you, the offense right now, it, I will say this is a very vanilla version of the offense that we're going to get when Deshaun Watson comes back. And the, I don't think you need to overhaul it. Look, the the staple of a great offense and, and what what also propels, you know, a, a great passing game is a great running game, no matter what. You know, and mm-hmm. you don't have Wyatt Teller, Joel Batonio, Jack Conklin, Jed Wills. You don't have these guys if you're not planning to run the ball at all. Um, you know, so it's it's one of those things where if you remember Deshaun Watson back with the Texans, it was kind of that that zone read, right? Where, you know, all right, do I, you know, am I gonna give the ball, you know, to to my running back? To, you know, do I pull back, pass, or you know, if things break down, can I scramble? So I think that's I don't think it needs to change too much. I think you're just gonna have that al- that added element, like you see with you know, Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia right now, where hey, look, if things break down, you know, and, and you don't have a clean pocket. Sometimes you can just tuck it and take four or five. And that is that's that's frustrating to a defense, especially if you have good coverage. You know, so I, I think right now what the Browns are doing is what we expected and what they're going to continue to do and what they should do. It, you know, lean on the run. That way, you know, you keep a defense on the field far more than they should be. You know, and when the game comes down to it, you know, you've got the defense on the ropes. Yeah, and Thursday night, the the Browns, um, the offense was – it. It almost boiled down to Jacoby Brissett, Amari Cooper, David Njoku, and, and Nick Chubb. Kind of those guys kind of um, pretty much taking the game over, those four guys. I mean, Nick Chubb had a big game. Uh, Cooper was over 100 yards, and Njoku career high catches, and Jacoby Brissett played great. Um, if, if you take Amari Cooper and Njoku, they had, they had 16 catches. The rest of the team had five catches. Um, <laughs> right. And, and and Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb is leading the league in rushing, which I think we kind of expected him to carry more of a load with Watson out. But he's he's on a pace for like 350 carries this season right now. So you have to figure they're going to probably shift that around a little bit. Um, there will be games where Kareem Hunt gets more carries and Nick Chubb probably gets a little bit of a break because I don't think you want to give him you know, the 20 to 25 every game, because I think they've kind of have this formula where they where they don't overload him. And and it seems like he's going to have a good long career. Um, mm-hmm. um, I, I guess I'll go to you, Jeff, and get your thoughts on the Chubb on my thoughts there on Chubb um, carries wise. Yeah, I, I think 20 carries is kind of his ceiling most of the time, right? Um, so he was slightly above that this week, but I mean, you know, he's still getting five yards of carry. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I don't think he and, needs to do a whole heck of a lot more. Yeah. And the thing is 20 carries, 20 or 21, 22 carries gets you to 350 carries. And there isn't a back in the league that had 350 carries last year. Yeah. There would have been had Derrick Henry not got hurt, but no, I agree. That's Derrick, that's, Derrick Henry's the last. Guy I'm just saying that guy was yeah. pacing for one, like 350. But yeah. uh, no, I, I hey, look, it's it's a large burden to carry. But I think the good part is too. You, we saw it last year. There were games where Kareem Hunt was, you know, seemed to be the more featured back. You know, and then mm-hmm. there are going to be game scripts that aren't always, you know, going to allow the Browns to just pound pound the ball to Nick Chubb. You know, we've been fortunate and. and I think Atlanta is another team that we're going to be able to control game script if everything goes according to plan. But when the Browns play from behind you, that's kind of when I'm more interested to see, you know, how that allocation looks. Um, you know, sure. Tremont adds more, you know, adds more of a dynamic element in the passing game, which check downs, you know, when you're playing from behind are always huge. So um, I think that the good thing with the Browns is, is truthfully, you've got two of the best running backs in the NFL. And I, I don't just say that. 
but you watch Kareem Hunt and everyone, you know, okay, he's a, he's a shifty guy. And then you see how hard it is to bring him down and you go, you got to tackle both these guys. You know, it's, they're not, <laughs> this backfield is just dangerous. Yeah. The, the Browns and not, not counting Jacoby Brissett, who had a few carries, um, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt had 35 carries, um, you know, uh, uh, Ford and Johnson, <laughs> they haven't even, they've barely been on the field yet. So, and, and I know we're only three games into the season, but, um, it, it, that just shows you how good these guys are. Can you name a better third running back than Dearness Johnson in the NFL? I mean, can we can we talk about that? What he did last year, <laughs> and now he's no. just like you said, no carries. I mean, that guy was he's not even there. active all the time. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I remember watching him last year saying, "Hey, he'll end up on another roster soon." You know, it's it's gonna be hard to keep him. He he would be getting serious carries. And he plays all. Yeah, he he looked very good last year, in you know, in the in, when he was called up. Yeah, I'm and, still in shock that we haven't traded a running back yet. Right? Yeah, you'd think. I guess I guess you can never have too many. I guess last year taught us that, right? We needed him. Yeah, and you know, and I really thought that with the long suspension and with my preconceived notion of Jacoby Brissett <laughs> that they would consider <laughs> trading Kareem Hunt, but now that the team looks pretty good. Yeah. Um, why would you trade Kareem? You know, you're in first place. Um, I don't you know, think that, the division at this point. So you don't want to trade Kareem. I don't think that was ever in the plans. I think, you know, he was the um, one that went up and approached them about it. And <laughs> I think the Browns realize his importance, you know, and I, I, you know, I think we all see it, you know, out there. I mean, it's, it's, it's funny. It's like, to me, the best pure running back in the NFL is Nick Chubb. Now it might be being a Browns homer, but just watching, you know, I, I was telling someone the other day, I've never seen a guy who can make a one-yard gain, you know, more who, who can squeeze more out of, you know, when he's in the backfield, there are three guys around him and you look and he, he ends up getting, you know, it's it's no gain or a gain of one or two. And you, how do you even do that? You know, and that's like, it, it, he's impressive to watch. And you see defenders, they don't love to tackle him. Yeah, did you guys see the, um, um, and I can't remember who put it out there, um, Brian, um, one of the guys with the, uh, ESPN or somebody one of the guys put out a a little clip of Nick Chubb doing a just a jump cut um on, on one of his runs and it wound up only picking up like three or four yards but it's a it's a it's a carry where he he takes a step left and then he he cuts back to the right and there's a stealer there and he literally like picks both his feet up and next thing you know he's he's six or eight feet over to the right and the Steeler guy's grabbing for air. And, yeah, guys that, yeah, guys yeah. that size shouldn't be able to do that. No, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't understand how, how he can do that. Um, okay. it, you just watch, I watched it over and over and I'm like, I don't, you know, I don't get how he did that, but it just shows his, his talent and he can do things that other guys just plain can't do. Yeah. Um, agreed. And, we're we're just fortunate to to be able to watch him play. Yeah, there are a few guys. You know, you look at you go, yeah, hey, I don't understand it. Like Miles Garrett, right? You see him out there, you just say, hey, I don't need to understand it. He's on my team. That's right. <laughs> sure, that's right. <laughs> Definitely. So um, so yeah, the uh, I I don't know. Um, everybody, everybody, or the announcers, I guess, anyways, were saying that the. The Pickens catch was was the play of that game. Um, it was a great catch, guys. But was there another play on the Brown side since they won that was actually the play of the game or not? Um, Jeff, is there anything you can think of? I can't. Nothing specific jumps out at me, Rod. Um, I mean, it's been five days ago, and you know I can't remember it's been a long what time, I had for huh? breakfast yesterday. <laughs> I, I watched but, highlights um, this morning just so I would remember the game, Jeff. So I right, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, no, that that Pickens catch from a, a wow standpoint, you know, it's one of those things that's going to be on the top ten list for a long time, right? But um, what matters is we won. I don't care how pretty they were, you know, we won. Yeah, I agree. Is there anything you can think of, Brian? Look, I'll tell you this. That George Pickens catch, that that was spectacular, right? Like you said, it's it's highlight worthy. I'm not I am not gonna knock that catch at all. I mean, that that catch 
you know, it immediately reminded me of the Odell Beckham Jr. catch, you know, and, and yeah. you know, hey, we're bringing up guys that, you know, we, we don't have don't have the greatest standing with the Browns. But I mean, that that catch, that was an incredible catch. I mean, that that really is something where you stop and you go, I'm not sure I'm going to see too many more like that. But right. like I said, hey, look, Browns are two and one. You know, realistically, we should be three and one. But I think if you sat here early part of, you know, the offseason, knowing that, you know, we had Jacoby Brissett at quarterback and you're. He sat there and said, OK, Browns, you know, they'll be two and one heading into Atlanta, you know, uh, you know, favored to win the game. You know, I think it's a point and a half. But so it's it's, it's you know, they're expecting it to be a close one. But, um, you know, really, you just need to you just need to keep stacking wins. Right. And, and, until yeah. you get Deshaun Watson back. Mm-hmm. Um, and as many as you can do, yeah, as many as you can stack up, doesn't matter who the team is, how ugly. I'll take a nine to eight victory. I'm not saying I'm going to love watching it. You know, but the, the box score, I'll take any day. Right. And, and as many wins as we can get. And I think too, winning this way also, you know, builds this team together. Right. Like, you know, if when you don't win pretty and you don't win by 20, you got to you got to show some grit and come together. And I, I think that's what these guys are doing, too. Yeah, I, I think two of my favorite plays, the one I already mentioned was the was the Njoku first down where he where he kind of drug the guys forward just because that showed me a side of him. Um, that I feel like I haven't seen very often. Um, we have seen that. We we saw that that one play where he where he jumped like eight feet in the air in the end zone on top of all the guys a couple seasons ago. Um, you know, we we've seen a little bit of it, but that play. The, the other play was the, the just from a, a crazy standpoint was the long Nick Chubb run where he breaks free and he goes down. And if you really watch it they should have credited Donovan Peoples-Jones with the tackle on that play. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's like looking the other way, looking for somebody to block, and he eventually just knocks Nick Chubb down. I don't know. Because if, if somebody like DPJ is trying to tackle Nick Chubb, there's no way he's going to be able to. But on that play, for some, whatever reason, he just shoves him down. <laughs> he was, I think he was trying to go out for a go, move in for a block to the left, and he just – bumped into Nick and Nick got his feet tangled up. But yeah, 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 it was, it was pretty funny at the time. It's fortunate it was a great play anyways. <laughs> yeah. I, I will say, though, that and I, I might sound like a broken record here, but um, we converted it on fourth down again. I mean, like twice in that game. This is becoming a regular thing every week now where we convert a fourth and short. Hey, well, we don't we don't want to put the whammy on anybody here. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, look, when you've got Jacoby Brissett, I mean, did you hear the stat about his conversions on third and fourth and one? It's crazy. It is an astronomical percentage. You know, he's I a quarterback he's... who knows how to how to he knows how to use his lineman, you know, and, yeah. and and turn out a yard or two. So, like you said, when you can do that with him, you know, and you can get on the ball quick and not let the defense really get set up and, and sitting back there it's t- he's a big body right so he's he's figured it out and even on that quarterback sneak toward the end you know he's trying to get a yard or two he was you know a, a few feet from breaking that thing and taking that to the house you know so yeah mm-hmm. um i was really impressed though with, with jacoby Brissett. i thought you know it, it wasn't just the the slants he was hit you know he hit amari cooper on some impressive outs those are difficult throws to make you know the screen passes i was i was very encouraged to see, you know, David and the joke involved on screen, you know, some screens and just, you know, Hey, look, create some, some ways to get him the ball. But at the end of the day, look, you got, you got Nick Chubb, you get, you got a better offensive line. People are going to know what you're going to do, but if they can't stop you, you know, you just got to line up and and just keep running it down the throat. But uh, man, the whole, the whole game was, was a little wild. Right. Um, so I, I'm glad we ended up with the win. Yeah, definitely. I I think um, on that stat, I think Jacoby Brissett has has missed converting only one time in his career. Wow, something like that. I'm I, telling you that. So it's a crazy. real thing. Like I wasn't kidding before the game yesterday. I was telling my, I'm like this guy. Like if you get in, if you get in a third or fourth and one, or you know, or you know, third and fourth and goal, like. Quarterback sneak with Brissett. The guy's just yeah. like it doesn't matter who's in front of him. He just somehow seems to, you know, just get his body, you know, leaning forward and, and get in the spot. So mm-hmm. if, if it ain't broke, right? Or you don't need right. right. Well, um, so the so the Browns come out with the one, guys. Um, uh, two and one. Uh, we won't we won't worry about the one because the Browns are in first place, uh um tied anyways. Uh 
for for the uh, division lead, and they uh, they're going to play the Falcons, who are um, let's see, one win and two losses. Uh, Browns are only favored by by a point and a half. Is is that the is that the current line, Brian? As far as you know? I yeah, that's so that's up to date. The line started at minus one, saw a little bit of movement to minus one and a half. I think. Look, the. <laughs> I, everybody like one of the things the Atlanta Falcons do, right? They're not they're not a great team, but they're a competent team, and competent teams cover. You know, and Atlanta mm-hmm. has covered each of their games, and I think you know people looked at Atlanta and said, "All right, this is going to be a very very bad team." And the truth is, look on offense, Mariota has been pretty good. They've got a very good rookie in Drake London out of USC. They've got you know Kyle Pitts, and, it, and you look at that team, and now you're saying. They're competitive in every single game. Cordero Patterson is a guy that you have to account for in each play. You know, he's an explosive playmaker. So they can score, but really where they have, you know, their deficiencies lie on the defensive side of the ball. They're not a good team against the run. They're not great against the pass. So, you know, I think, you know, they're coming off their first win against Seattle, right? And that's a big win for them. I think the Browns really are going to be able to, to milk the clock, do what they've been doing control the game flow. And as long as Jacoby Reset, you know, continues to play mistake-free football, then I think the Browns cover the one and a half. Yeah, there's also an over-under here of 49.5. Um, and, and Brian, we're, we're going to give actual score predictions at the at the end of the podcast. So, okay. So don't tip your hand just yet. Um, we may well we'll we'll let you go first, even though we know you're probably going to win because the guest wins pretty much every time on this. Podcast. So you see, over over under is at 48 and a half, 49 and a half. Um, I had 49 and a half, yeah, which is mm. um which is up there. That's a pretty high number. Um, trying to th- it was uh Steelers game was 30 was uh 38 and a half. Yeah, so, well you have Mitch Trubisky on the other side, and and the Steelers were. To be honest, what I think they were, you know, bottom five in plays run per game. I mean, you saw when they needed to pass, they they ended up having some, you know, success, but they, they did not want to do that. And yeah, I think, the, you know, um, Mariota's a step up from that. You've got some playmakers on that side of the ball. And also, I think you, like we were talking about earlier, who's going to be on the field for the Browns on defense? Do we know right. that? Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that's, that's kind of why you have to look at that over under and say, look, the Miles Garrett news came out, right? Anthony Walker's. He's not playing. You know, it, is Jay okay? We don't know. Um, you know, we, we have to find out all these pieces, see who's healthy. So, you know, if we're missing those guys, you know, then I think it, it might, it you know, it might be a little higher scoring than we want it to be. Definitely. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, Fal- the Falcons, um, they're, they're 11th in time possession at um, 30 minutes, 31 seconds. Um, rushing yards per game, 156. That's number five in the league. Um, they uh, um, on defense, they give up 109 rushing yards per game. That's 15th. And uh, plays per game, they're at uh, they um, 63 per game. They give up, and that's 14th in the league. So um, yeah, yeah. It was a, I mean, they do they do rush the ball well. Um, passing, they're about they're they, they and the Browns are both um, near the bottom, which you would expect because they both run the ball a lot. So yeah, um, not surprising. So um, I, I guess we'll see how it goes. Both teams, you you would expect to try to run the ball a lot, um, which which is kind of funny to see a high over when you have two teams that try to run the ball a lot. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, I think Atlanta's Atlanta Atlanta's. I think you know they 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 end up having to pass more than they they want, but that's you know normally game script dependent. But look, I look at this Atlanta team, and in week one they lost to the Saints by one point. I look, yeah. the jury's out on the Saints. Jameis Winston is a turnover machine, but um, you know he's actually done a better job this year. But really, he's playing with some injuries. You know, we don't know what we're going to get. Week two, they almost beat the Rams. I mean, they almost came back and beat the Rams. You know, and then yeah. week three, I, I'm not. High on the Seahawks. I think, you know, they are one of the league's worst teams. No, no offense, but, you know, I just what I see from them on the field. And I think you, you, you're you not getting that same team when you meet the Browns, you know, just, especially the Jacoby Brissett factor. I mean, truthfully, like you can just tell after the game, you know, he goes up to the uh, podium, right? And he's got the uh, T-shirt with uh, Wyatt Teller and 
uh, Batonio, man. I mean, he's, he seems like a guy that's that, that's well-liked in the locker room. He's got a veteran presence, and he just seems to be calm, you know, in, in those moments. And that's what the Browns need. Just don't turn the ball over. Keep us in a spot to win the game. Yeah, he's been um, so much more than than anybody thought. Um, yeah, it's been pretty pretty incredible so far. So, so Jeff, let's give you a chance to to get some thoughts out on this game against the Falcons. Yeah, I, I feel pretty good about us being able to keep their passing game in check. Um, I think I'm more concerned with our defense, like Brian said, with you know who's going to be out there. Um, I think you know if Miles doesn't play and Joe Woods has to sort of dial up a little bit creative uh, pass rush in terms of maybe doing some blitzing, um, it could leave us exposed. If you know the defense isn't, if the secondary isn't really on the same page yet, um, so yeah, I think you know that, that's probably the one thing that I that would keep this game close in my mind. Um, you know, it's just the lack of bodies on defense right now. Um, I think we match up pretty well offensively. Um, so yeah, probably probably going to veer toward high scoring. I've been burned enough on taking the under. <laughs> well, I was convinced I was going to take the over, and then I saw that that uh, four point forty nine point five number, and I'm like, ah, I don't know. So, but yeah, I'll probably go over anyways. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I took the under last week, and I was wrong again. So, um, I got lucky, guys. I bumped it up to forty seven and a half. I added a, a few, you know, a few legs, but uh, thankfully I did that because that t- I mean. <laughs> That last minute touchdown still almost, you know, almost ruined that under. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which which blows my mind because we went to that game. People are thinking no offensive touchdowns, you know, and if we come out and we're seeing passing all over the place, right? That, that game surprised me. I, you know, we were, I think I was coming in and the weather reports are saying, like, it's, it's just basically going to be running the ball, right? We got 30 mile an hour winds, hard mm-hmm. throwing this. And then the, that was the best I saw the passing game look for the Browns all season. Yeah, the the wind did not affect Jacoby Brissett. It affected not the kickers, but not but not him. No, so, uh, Brian, I've got a question for you because this is something Jeff and I have, have talked a little bit about, and I wanted to get your thoughts on it. Um, just looking at the at a lot of the games around the league and the scores, it seems like every game is close. Um, it, just just talking about those uh, those Falcons games. And yeah, that that's a great example. Has the NFL has the NFL kind of uh, created this um, created this uh, what do I want to call it um, um, this pattern or whatever to where teams have a have an ability to compete in games up until the end and games are stay close because of the rules and 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 that in the NFL now. Um, or do you think there's other reasons? Because it seems like there is much more parity in the NFL now um, in, in that it almost seems like, and I know I know the expression, any given Sunday, and, you know, anything can happen. Any team can win in the NFL. Every game is tough. Mm-hmm. But do you feel like, like as we progress and, you know, um, and, and go from one season to the next, this is happening more and more that, Every game is close. Yeah, it, it, it does actually feel like. So I was looking at the spreads for this week, right? And, and it, last year, I, I, you know, you got used to seeing some, you know, seven, seven and a half, eight and a half, nine and a half, ten and a half point spreads, right? If you look at, at the games just this week alone, so 12 out of the 16 games in week four sit at three and a half points or less as far as the spread is concerned. So hmm. yeah. you look at that and what do you make of it? Like that is the exact, you know, it, it kind of illustrates what you said. Like, you know, it, any team can win on any given day, but you know, it, it shows you. Look, this a, there's a level set going on around the NFL. It, it, I don't think it has anything to do with the rules. I think you look at the, you know, who sat at the at the top of the throne before, right? And what happened to those teams? And so, Tom mm-hmm. Brady, you know, that he's he's up there, you know. And, and I'm not gonna, I'm not making too much of that Green Bay Packers game. I mean, Tampa Bay is. 
elite defensively, and he didn't have Julio Jones, Mike Evans, or Chris Godwin. You know, I don't know how many teams are going to look great without, you know, their three superstar receivers. Um, but you know, you look at it and it's like, okay, Devontae Adams is is in, you know, Las Vegas. He's he's no longer with the Packers. You know, yeah. Yeah. so you're looking at the teams that were at the top and, and you're seeing, look, you got the Justin Herberts, right? You've got Mahomes, you know, and, and they look great. The Josh Allen, there's just a lot of really good teams. So Lamar Jackson's been playing very well. You know, so you're right. I just think, you know, it's not as much a, a rules thing, but I think, you know, you look at it and there's just, you know, teams now, this is what we've been waiting for, right? Nobody really wants to see, you know, 30, 40 point, you know, thumpings, you know, yeah. but uh, it's hard to get a read on the NFL right now, you know, especially early, right? With all these close games, right. you know, especially, you know, within three and a half points. I mean, that's, <laughs> it's, Vegas doesn't yeah. even know, right? Yeah. So you think that it's, it's, it's more about the talent equalizing? Yeah, of. I think so. And I think, too, like, so if you look at this, like, schematically, too, right, you have, like, the different systems that work in different places, right? And then you'll see coaches come from that coaching tree. Um, you know, so you, you see Sean McVay, right, in Los Angeles. And then you see, you know, the coaches, you know, okay, Kevin O'Connell in Minnesota, right? Like, these, you see these guys that are spinning off, um, you know, you have Cincinnati, too. So then you know, they're bringing these, you know, systems elsewhere and, and kind of those pieces and parts. And and now you look, we've got a lot of really good quarterbacks, a lot of really, really, really good young quarterbacks. Right. And I think that that position is extremely important and that helps kind of level things. There's no, you know, there's no team now that's saying like, you know, I've, we've clearly got the two best quarterbacks in the game. I mean, it's I think that's a more crowded conversation than it was, you know, a few years back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somewhere Pete Rosell is smiling. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this, this is this. Hey, this is what everyone should want, right? I mean, even the bad, even the bad teams are at, you know, are 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 projected to be within a touchdown. So, you know, um, you talked about rules a little bit. I mean, I'm thinking back to the the Jets game. I mean, they actually made the onside kick rules harder a few years back, right? Yeah. And and we lost that game on a converted onside kick. I mean, which is something that almost never happens. But um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if, you know, if it's the fact that, you know, it's more pass friendly and, you know, teams are really never completely out of the game. But I mean, that that was Pete Rosell's dream. You know, everybody had a chance to be competitive and no one was turning their TV set off in the third quarter. Yeah. I mean, hey, look, like, you know, it doesn't mean we're going to get pumped up for a, a, a New York Jets, New York Giants game. You know, but if it's competitive, it's football. If it's the only game on TV, I'll watch it. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So uh, we'll we'll come back to score predictions, but we have to talk about your dad. Um, uh-uh. um, you know, just I just wanted to get your just kind of get your thoughts um, on the on the Hall of Fame and just kind of on your dad's career and stuff. And, you know, and, and you can share what you like. Um, I mean, your sister's very outspoken on this and everything. So <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. know how many spokes spokespersons you need because because your dad is very um, very much. I mean, for my, I've never talked to your dad, so it's very much uh, the kind that uh, doesn't want the light <laughs> shining on him and stuff. And he kind of sounds reluctant about all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. So that's well, you got a pretty good read on him. Like, so, yeah. so here's the thing about the Hall of Fame, and I asked my dad you know, this question, and I know I'll start with this. You know, my dad, my dad had an answer that is just very much my dad. You know, where he told me, you know, I, I said, hey, are you, you know, are you upset that you're not in the Hall of Fame? You know, it's like Brian, I got to to play a little kid's game, you know, for grown man money, you know. It's not going to it's not going to affect my career. You know, I had an unbelievable career. I'm still healthy. You know, and he was saying unbelievable, meaning like longevity, you know, like not many people are, are blessed like that. Right. To, to be able to have a long career. Yeah. And so that answer, like that tells me everything about my dad, you know, but I ultimately will tell you this. My dad is ultimately if he's a fierce competitor. You know, his brother is, has got his bust in Canton, you know, so uh, <laughs> I can tell you, you know, if we're 100 percent certainty that it, that it means something to him and it means something to anybody that plays the game. Right. That's that's a special brotherhood and, and something you earn. So, look, I think at the end of the day, we would love, love to see my father, um, you know, get the gold jacket. Do we think he deserve it? Deserves it? You know, yes. Could that be slightly biased? Sure. But. 
you know, look, if it happens, that would be incredible, right? But if it doesn't, the man played 19 years of football, you know, and he's still working out to this day, you know. So, so I don't think, you know, when we look at it, it's I. My sister is, you know, she's outspoken, and you need someone like that, right? Um, yeah. but, but my dad is just very much, you know, like he was always act like he'd been there before. It was like one of his biggest things when we started playing football. You know, right? You want to, you make a big play, and all you want to do is celebrate. It's like, you know, we're kids. Why are you telling me to act like I've been here before? I haven't. You know, it's just. Yeah. But that's kind of the, uh, you know, that's kind of how he is, man. He just like, with his teammates and stuff. It was always more about, you know, the the team aspect. So, you know, Canton, you know, would, would be amazing. The, the fan, we would we would absolutely love it. I know my dad; it would mean the world to him. But look, man, at the end of the day, we've got. Um, you know, he's got some great stories and, and, you know, like you said, he got to play a kid's game as a, as a professional. So you can't, you can't be too mad at that. He's in the Browns ring of honor. He's, uh, you know, he, he is so beloved in Cleveland. I mean, he's, um, you know, it's that mullet, he's, huh? Yes. He's, <laughs> I mean, everybody loves him in Cleveland. He calls it a short long guy. Sorry. I, I got, I'm going to correct it in case he hears this, you know, <laughs> I just there there are so many angles on this Hall of Fame thing, um, guys. It, it's just um, you know it it to me it just feels like the Hall of Fame rewards individuals for the success of the teams that they were on primarily. Um, that's not always the case. Some guys make it in based you know strictly on what they did, but. If you look, there are a lot of guys in from the same teams because they they got Super Bowl rings and things like this. And I'm not saying they're not deserving, um, not that at all. But I feel like guys get punished because sometimes because their team didn't make it in. And and the funny thing is that they reward guys for team accomplishments, but somebody like your dad who was the pretty much in my eyes, the ultimate team player cared more about the team than himself. He sacrificed, he played, you know, he played all different positions at linebacker, did whatever the team wanted him to do. And that isn't recognized by, by the hall of fame because he doesn't have the right stats that they want to see to get, you know, uh, to get access to the hall. Yeah. Um, you know, it talked about this with, with John. It's the fact that he, you know, when he started, they weren't even counting sacks when he started. That's so, right. You know, That's we, correct. We, we have those numbers now. And, you know, Jen, when we when we researched it, we thought he had 69 and a half with the Browns. I guess I, I'm counting, counting um, ones that were not or, or ones before they were actually an official stat. But I've actually seen a number that's 75 now. With the Browns and 14 with the uh, um, 14 with the Falcons, so he's got say 89 career sacks, and it's almost like a hundred career sacks puts you it puts you on a different level and gets you into the hall. Well, he was he was not a designated pass rusher. No, right, right. I think I think that's the thing too, right? So it's like what you're talking about. You know, my dad like all right. Do you need do you need me this week at middle linebacker? Do you need me at weak you know weak side linebacker? Do you need me at strong side? Like my dad did not care, right? Like yeah. he truly was like just like just let me know what I need to do. I'll you know I'll take care of what I need to take care of. Ultimately that that's what that's what's hurting him, right? Because if he would have played one position, then you can compare you know apples to apples almost by saying like okay you know. Um, you know, my dad's stats, you know, compared to this player's stats, they played the same position for X amount of years. You know, that it's hard to do, you know, with my dad. Like you said, I mean, he's a guy that, you know, rushed the passer. He also dropped back in coverage quite a bit, you know, and uh, so you you never really, uh, you know, you, you, he never got to, you know, stay it outside, you know, like an outside backer where he was rushing. Like, you know, Clay got to do that for, you know, my younger brother, you know, played. 10 years yeah. and that, that was his primary you know outside of one year where green bay had some injuries and they needed him inside you know it was hey you know hey, get after the quarterback that's your job right and so uh but at the end of the day uh, like i think that's what kind of goes to like the whole you know who my dad is you know he's a humble guy um yeah. you know and, and that's it's kind of a reflection of that, right? How he's handling it. So we do yeah, trust, believe you me, we all want, you know, we all want him in there, but 
you know, we know that only there's only a, a certain number of folks that, that, you know, get that privilege. And, you know, maybe one day that'll, uh, you know, we'll hear Clay Matthews Jr. up there. We sure hope so. I could preach. Based quarter. on the body of work, it's going to happen, um, in my opinion. Um, I just hope it happens in a timely enough manner that he gets to appreciate it. Yeah, that would be amazing. I hope you're right. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, he's he, all the numbers and all the things he did that that you know were unique to him that other people didn't do um, is is what should be looked at, and uh, it shouldn't always be about the ring count, guys. Let's just say that. Um, hey, hey, so. I agree. Those those were some good teams, but uh, at the end of the day, you know what? Like we said, it's uh, that they, they'll decide that you know at, at some point, you know it. I think also what hurts him too is he is a humble guy, right? Like he doesn't go out and he's not gonna he's not gonna campaign for himself. Um, in fact, it's yeah. the opposite. You know, he's gonna yeah. like try to shy away from that. Like, and, you know, hey, if it happens, it happens, right? It's like right. You know, sometimes, yeah, sometimes that's how it works. So, um, absolutely, yeah. Well, we could we could talk about his numbers a lot longer, but uh, but um, we appreciate uh, appreciate you sharing some of those thoughts, Brian, it's, uh, it's always, it's good to hear what your dad's thinking too. So, um, let's, let's go back to the Browns Falcons game and, um, we'll get some score predictions and then we'll, then we'll wrap things up here. So, so Brian, you're the guest and, uh, probably the most likely to nail this score prediction. So let's let you go first. <laughs> well, now you've officially, you officially cemented that I will be the farthest from it uh, with that comment. So I appreciate that. Uh, set, that's, you know, hey, life's at expectations, Gabe. Yeah. So you, you did a good job setting me up to fail. But give me give me 23-17, Browns. 23-17. That is um, – so you're taking, taking the under. Okay. All right. Jeff, I, I'm pretty sure Jeff will not take the under. <laughs> not, not I think you made that abundantly clear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I took the under last week. I'm probably done taking the under until I mess with the over. So, yeah. So, yeah. so um, this is how this usually goes, Brian. Jeff and I kind of kind of miss, miss, miss this way. And then we flip the other way and the guest goes the other way. <laughs> and we miss again. <laughs> and we miss again. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so Jeff, what, what do you have this week? Yeah, I think it's going to be a close game. Like it, um, we were talking before, just mostly because of the uncertainty on defense. Um, so I'm going to go with um, 27-24, which will just barely get me over. Nice. Um, I, I wrote down 30-21. to 21. I just uh, think the Browns are going to um, keep keep scoring that football. And, um, yeah, I, I, think, uh, I think they'll have some – Probably a few issues on defense with some guys out. So um, I think the Falcons will definitely put up a little bit of a fight. But uh, but yeah, I think the Browns. Um, I think the Browns are going to run it well and and probably uh, pass it well and shouldn't have any problems scoring some points. Um, well, the, uh, the the Falcons score. are giving up 29 and we're scoring 28. So we got that surrounded, Rod. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're trying to make me feel bad about my unders better already, huh? <laughs> you're gonna be you're gonna be so much closer than us anyway. It's not gonna be funny. Yeah. <laughs> I'm worried now, fellas. Well, uh, Brian, we are um, so far the guests are have won the first three weeks, and we are yep. each zero and three. So we're yeah, we're taking the collar. It's the closest two, correct, gentlemen? <laughs> it is the closest two. Yeah. Okay, I'm just making sure. All right. Definitely. Phew. Like like last week, our guest had thirty-one uh, twenty-one. Oh boy. And that was the closest one. Okay. But, all right. I'm not feeling so bad now. All right. All right. Yeah. I mean, yep. you, yeah, you, cause, cause we're, uh, yeah, we're a bit, we have quite a bit different scores from you. So, um, yeah. a little bit of a difference. Yeah, we got some variation, so we'll be able to cover the board there. Yeah. We, we've got it covered one way or another. So that's right. So, um, Brian, we, we really appreciate you coming on. It's been great talking to you and, um, Likewise. Would love to. Uh, would love to uh, let you put your um, um, all of your uh, all of your uh, um, stuff out there as far as everything people can check out the huddle and where people can find you. I'll let you. I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you put all that out one more time, if you'd like. 
Yeah. So if you, uh, you know, if, if uh, you know, you're looking for some sports insight, you can always find me at uh, at the underscore BMAT. And uh, you'll be able to see the huddle on YouTube. Um, it's on Twitter as well, Odds Checker US. Uh, you know, like I said, great cast, Ross Tucker, Pat Mayo, Pam Maldonado. It's just fun, just talking football spreads. You'll get, uh, you know, get some teasers and pleasers, some spreads. Uh, you know, we, we make some early game picks. Last week, uh, we had a pretty good week. And I know now that we say that, or I say that, you know, watch out for this week. But uh, no, it's a good time. So uh, you can find me there. And uh, yeah. Excellent. Excellent. What what would you like to leave the listeners with tonight, Brian? Hey, go Browns. <laughs> Simple and sweet. Nice. <laughs> Uh, Jeff, any closing words tonight? Well, it's been great talking to you, Brian, and, and reliving some of those memories from back in the day. Um, I'm just going to put this out there in case Joe Woods is listening. Blitz, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we might need to this week, definitely. <laughs> uh, this has been the Browns Blitz, and we will catch you next time. Mm-hmm.